This is Speaks Loud in the Words, episode 7, and I'm your host Dave Reed. Today we had Phil Dell come in and speak to us about her unusual upbringing and her even more unusual songwriting technique. Don't forget you can find us on Facebook at Warner Chapel and on our Twitter at Warner underscore Chapel and even now our SoundCloud at Warner-Chapel-UK. And remember, Chapel is spelled C-H-A-P-P-E-L-L. Are we running? Okay. Well, Phil Dell, thanks very much for coming in and talking to us. We're going to um, get cracking in in a bit about songwriting specifically, um, but we want to just touch on your background just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, um, how did you get involved with Warner Chapel? Oh, well, um, I got involved with Warner Chapel quite a long time ago. Um, basically, I had a couple of pieces of my music on advertising campaigns and I also wrote a number of songs and created sort of bedroom demos for those songs. So um, with the advertising campaigns I had a bit more profile and it kind of caught the eye of a few different publishers and Warner Chapel were just the perfect fit for me, I felt. Getting ready for this interview, doing some research and things we found out that way back in the past you didn't listen to music or something about silence was put on you yeah um we, we not often we we launch into these interviews talking about what did you listen to growing up um so do you want to yeah explain that a little bit if you want to yeah sure i mean i had a pretty normal background up until i was about eight years old and then my parents divorced and my mother married a man who was really fundamentally religious. He was, you know, a fundamentalist and believed that music was the work of the devil, which, um, you know, is, in my opinion, ridiculous. <laughs> so for the next 10 years in my household, there was no music. Yeah, it was a really difficult time. But when I was at school, I'd, I'd spend my lunch times playing the school piano and I had some really supportive teachers that kind of helped me through and gave me a place to kind of nurture my musical passion. I was going to say, obviously music is something hugely important to you now. Yeah. Did, at that time, did you sneak music when you were at school, when you were away from the home? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like what were your friends listening to and stuff like that? And yeah, you would exactly. join in and totally. I'm sure you have an appetite much more than anybody else. D- uh, yeah. Definitely. And at school, I remember it was the, the phase where everyone was going through like garage. <laughs> so <laughs> it was kind of funny. Um, so I, I found myself listening quite a lot to that just because in the classroom at lunchtimes, someone would bring in like a radio and it was kind of the class consensus that we all had to listen to like this sort of garage and like pirate radio stations giving, you know, shout outs to a few girls in the class who are like, you know, super popular. Um, So it was quite funny. Yeah, it was really. (laughs) Where, Where did you, where did you grow up? Um, I grew up a mixture of places. It's all in London, but first I lived in Kensington, then I lived in North London for the 10 years that I was kind of without music. And um, and, and what age did that, did that kind of stop and you were just... Yeah, when I was 17, I ran away from home. Um, so that's when I really started to pursue music seriously. And... Um, My older brother, who is a lot older than me and never kind of lived with me, um, donated some of his his kind of software, like computer software to me. So that's what I used. And just every single day, all day, I just did music, just 
nothing else for years. Um, yeah, so that's how it kind of unfolded. Amazing. And going back to that time, you, you mentioned about playing the piano. Were you allowed to play instruments itself or or what did you do when you were at school playing instruments? Was it just piano? Yeah, just piano at school. Um, at home, I wasn't allowed to do anything. So obviously I couldn't practice, which always gave me like a real disadvantage um, in comparison to other people who were learning their instruments. But my piano teacher, um, who kind of helped me along when I was away from home, really kind of nurtured me and was very understanding about the fact that, you know, I had this crazy person <laughs> that I lived with who just didn't see any value in music. Obviously, now you've come out of that situation and yeah. music is your life, really, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's, it's a massive part. Um, what kind of genres of music did you kind of find yourself floating towards more than any others at that time? Once I'd gotten out of all of that situation, it was a kind of mixture. I was really drawn to um, quite a lot of classic songs, you know, kind of like moody blues tracks and and some, you know, things like Michael Jackson, quite poppy as well. And also, I'd say dance. Dance music was also quite a big thing. Just so really quite diverse. I just kind of got into everything that I could, everything that I could hear on the radio and... Yeah. And is that s similar today? You, you quite happy to listen to all types of music, or do you now find yourself listening to a couple of genres and you're happy with those? I'm definitely into all kinds of music. I'd say that rather than, I mean, I, I know a lot of people are kind of like really drawn to a genre or to an artist, and they'll kind of loyally follow um, everything that that artist does. I'm not really that kind of music listener. Um, I tend to like just sort of one song off quite specific albums and if I get into an album I tend to spend a year listening to that one album so I spend a very long time on one thing if I like it. It takes me a long time to kind of really get the whole value out of the album. What kind of albums have you done that with? Um, well this year I was listening to David Lynch Crazy Clown Time which is like a really really interesting album it's very atmospheric and the way he creates a world and a sonic soundscape is really interesting and really unique um, I think it's quite visual there's a lot of like characterization that's quite interesting and alternative just love the way he works sometimes the names of albums get lost on me because I'm just kind of straight into the the songs and I tend to forget track names and album titles mm. it's a bit crap but you know <laughs> and and do the uh, does that music that you spend a lot of time on does that immediately affect the work that you do yourself have you seen that happen not really kind of in an overt way I'm sure obviously on like a kind of subconscious level I'm being influenced by it but but not really. I kind of look at other things when I'm when I'm writing and arranging my music. And your music is well, not all your music, but there's a definite big element of something classical. Mm. Where did that all start? Was that at the age of seventeen, or was that even at school when you were playing around on the piano? I think it was much earlier. I think because my father's my um, biological father, who is you know really kind of reasonable guy. <laughs> um, 
he's really into you know Debussy and a lot of opera a lot of classical so when I was very very young that's what I heard most and I think that's where that kind of influence comes from in my music now it's just the way I hear arrangements the way I hear kind of space in music and what that space should be filled with tends to be yeah quite kind of epic things like choirs and string sections and orchestral percussion which is very powerful and dynamic there's something really yeah very atmospheric about your music um so we're just gonna go into your songwriting mm-hmm. um and obviously there's 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 the the work that you've done with adverts and commercials as well as your own your own work and we and we want to try and find what's is there something different between the two but to, before we go into that too much um what is it about music that grabs you specifically? Is it the melodies? Is it the space, as you mentioned just now? Or is it the rhythm in the music or lyrics? Well, I think the reason and what I get from creating music and what grabs me about music are kind of two different things. I'd say what grabs me um, in other songs I hear are melodies. I really love a great melody and I really love great lyrics. I think those two mm. things. And, the, and you find that in your own um, music, you, you put that in? Yeah, I find, I find melody comes naturally to me when I write. Um, lyrics, I mean, I've got this whole process when I create music where I try to let it be a kind of unconscious process as much as possible. So I don't kind of think, oh, what shall I write a song about today? I'll write a song about, you know, walking down the street, kicking autumn leaves. That's not really my approach I just tend to close my eyes sit at the piano and play a single note and then my mind kind of tells me what the next note should be and the melody unfolds kind of step by step I was going to ask what is your specific process but it sounds like you've already answered it so you're you just sat at the piano you close your eyes and you just play a note and you just see what happens yeah totally you just let creativity just come to you exactly. and, and then you wait yeah. for melodies to come on exactly. those chords that you're placing down how does that differ I mean it might not differ to your work with adverts I mean do you get given briefs sometimes with adverts and you say we need to we need something that sounds a little bit like this does that affect your creativity in any way you know it doesn't because it's so broad I mean with advertising the briefs are always just incredibly broad and there's a lot of room to maneuver and express and experiment in whatever way you want to musically. I think it is a really different kind of exercise though. I mean when I'm writing my songs there's absolutely no restriction on the way my kind of unconscious mind or whatever you want to call it kind of wants to express itself. I can just wait for the melody and the ideas to unfold and there's nothing, there's there are no kind of limits on what comes out but with writing for advertising and composing music for anything you know films theater productions it works differently because it's more of an exercise in your ability to enhance another thing so yeah it's it's really it's an interesting challenge and i kind of enjoy writing in different ways it challenges it. you yeah it definitely does and it's it's an enjoyable challenge as well some of, the, some of your music has appeared on personal adverts Expedia 
and yeah. iPad 2 as well. Yeah, that's uh, right, yeah. In each case, was it a case of them finding your music and thinking, oh, this is, this is good stuff? Um, how did you work with those guys? Oh, it was really interesting, actually. With the iPad one, it was really funny because I, I think they found my music um, through the help of Warner Chapel US, who sent them the track in quite a long time before the campaign came up that they wanted to use it for. So <clears throat> no one had kind of heard anything. I didn't even, I wasn't even aware, you know, the track was pitched there. So the marketing director of Apple tried to get in touch with me and the only way, because he'd forgotten that he'd found the track through Warner Chapel, so the only way he knew to do it was to search me online. So he got in touch through a really kind of ropey <laughs> kind of chain of contacts. So I had this random um, tune core distributor get in touch and say, um, your fees are due to be renewed with our service, but by the way, like the marketing director of Apple wants to get in touch with you. And I thought, God, this is such a ploy to get me to renew my fees. You know, I really don't, <laughs> obviously I didn't believe that the marketing director at Apple really was getting in touch with me. So I wrote back and I kind of um, said, oh yeah, sure, thanks, and didn't do anything about it. And then I got these other calls. And then finally, um, the marketing director called me on my mobile and you know when I heard his American accent I kind of thought oh it is him and <laughs> yeah is the American accent just like that, that yeah that, yeah it. totally well yeah Don't need ID, you got an American accent yeah yeah no I'm easily fooled clearly but yeah <laughs> but for me that was enough proof and um yeah so he was just like you know we found your track and we really want to use it for the worldwide campaign so that was totally awesome. And where can people find that track? Is it on YouTube? Yeah, that's on iTunes. It's on called iTunes. The Kiss, and it's on iTunes mm. now. Have you written with other people? What is that like? Um, I've got a really definite and detailed vision and kind of creative process. So I find when I collaborate, it's, it's always really difficult. Because they haven't got that vision. Yeah, exactly. Okay. It, I think it's very hard for someone to completely get into the zone of another person's incredibly detailed vision. And yeah, so it's it's not really worked out, but I really love working alone. I'm quite an insular person. So let's go into that vision a little bit, if, if you don't mind. Yeah, um, sure. Yeah, there's, um, again, there's a whole process to this. It's basically... Um, quite involved with kind of psychology and archetypes so in an in a nutshell people go through loads of difficult things in life and sometimes it's hard to deal with those in reality most people go into their imaginations and kind of you know imagine themselves I don't know murdering their boss who they hate or, or whatever just to kind of like give you some satisfaction in what you're suffering in life and the songwriting process for me is similar in that way, in that I can just withdraw into a complete world of the imagination and I suppose resolve things, emotional things within myself. So you get a lot of archetypes and characters appearing in my songs, you know, things like the wolf and... You're creating situations in your songs, basically. Exactly, these situations in the songs that kind of really help expression and resolution so it's quite a cathartic process and it's deeply personal and 
you know, quite spiritual in a lot of ways. Um, so yeah, that's and, and that's helped works. you process things from the past and things like that. And Definitely, amazing. I mean, I'd say it's my core coping strategy in life is my songwriting. Yeah. And so, are you telling stories at the same time with these characters? Um, is that storytelling through song? Is that a big deal to you? Is that something that's important? Um, I wouldn't say it's something that I kind of consciously do but it's the way it comes out I mean the lyrics much like the melodies kind of come out on their own and it's quite interesting because a fragment will come out that makes very little sense to me at the time but then a few months later I can look at it and actually I can see within the context of the time I was writing it made perfect sense so it's interesting but I think your unconscious mind is always quite a few steps ahead of your conscious mm. What is it that's important to you about songwriting? I think songwriting being an honest expression is the most important thing of all. Um, I think that people write songs when they really feel they've got something to express and write about will always give the kind of best kind of outcome. Um, Because I think listeners can hear sincerity and yeah, I think it, it goes a long way. Mm. And what tips would you pass on to others who are uh, similar, trying to start songwriting or maybe young and they want to express and things like that? Um, I would say just if you have a passion for music and songwriting, just spend as much time as you can doing it and try not to get too carried away with the details of things that are peripheral to songwriting so for example a lot of people spend loads of money on like a really expensive studio chair and like really great equipment and it's kind of like it gets in the way a little bit like what really matters at the core of everything is that you've got you know a great song that's honest and sincere um, in my studio, I've got like the crappiest chair ever. It's it's falling apart. Like if I move in the wrong way, it completely falls apart. And I've had the same chair for like um, about seven years. And my boyfriend's always like, well, when are you gonna get like a better chair, a proper chair for your studio? And I sort of feel like when I start thinking and worrying about the chair I'm sitting on, I won't be thinking about the things that matter that much. Yeah, the music, exactly. <laughs> you mentioned the, what's important to make a good song. What do you feel, um, before we end, ultimately makes a really good song? I personally love songs that are a little bit pioneering. Um, so things in them, kind of lyrically or arrangement-wise or melodically, that are a little bit out of the ordinary, something kind of fresh and new. Um, and as I say, just sincerity in the message, yeah. Is there anybody out there who you think is doing that well? Yeah, I think, you know, loads of people. I, I really love Alt-J, who just course, won yeah. the yeah Mercury Music Award. Um, they're the latest people I've discovered and really felt that about them. I think Ben Howard's fantastic. Um, yeah, I think Florence and the Machine, you know, there's a, a lot of her music I really love. Um, and then going right back, people like Enya, you know, Tori Amos, Kate Bush, all of those. Yeah. Great, yeah. Great. And what's in the future for Vildale? Um, Well, we've had 
an EP out this month and <clears throat> sorry in March um, we'll be releasing my debut album The Disappearance of the Girl you have a song that's gone out onto YouTube recently called Storm Song right yeah that's yeah. right yep I've released Storm Song and basically the um, the music video was all directed and choreographed by me and my team um, but yeah I mainly kind of directed it just I was really inspired by nature and my love of nature was like a major inspiration for the visuals. Amazing, so, yeah. yeah. I have to watch it again and have a really good look at it. Is that something you want to do in the future, branch out into yeah. kind of creative territories? I've actually created visuals to accompany all 12 of my album tracks. So they're going to come out in installations throughout the year. Um, yeah, and they're all kind of directed and choreographed by the vision I had so yeah well, that'd be good to look forward to well thanks thank you very much for sitting down with us and uh, explaining your songwriting process it sounds very personal and very honest and it sounds very lovely thank you so, thank you for your time thanks a lot <laughs> So that was Phil Dell. It's very honest, very personal, and it sounds like she's very vulnerable in her songwriting. And you don't get that often with a lot of people who sit in the chair and we speak to. Don't forget you can find us on Facebook at Warner Chapel and Twitter at Warner underscore Chapel and our SoundCloud at Warner-Chapel-UK. And Chapel is spelled C-H-A-P-P-E-L-L. -L. Till next time. <laughs> <laughs>